to The Local Way, the podcast series brought to you by The Alternative. I'm your host, Laura Picardi, and I am beyond excited to take you on a journey with me as we dive into the world of the amazing women in the industry this International Women's Day. And let me tell you, we don't just celebrate the ladies in our industry once a year, we do it every day. That's why this series will run for five weeks, because we couldn't possibly fit all the magic into one episode. In fact, we could probably release a podcast every day just to capture all the incredible things that everyone's doing. Before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to the Alternative Dairy Co. range of plant-based barista milks for making this episode possible. The local way is the alternative. From roasters to baristas, we're going to get up close and personal with the inspiring ladies who are breaking barriers, creating change and revolutionising in their own individual ways. So if you haven't already, grab your favourite brew of choice, sit back and get ready to meet our guests. So today we have the dynamic duo... Fleur, who is the Territory Development Manager and Assistant Trade Marketing Manager for The Alternative, and Michaela, who is the Queensland State Manager and Trainer for Veneziano. Now, I say uh, the dynamic duo. I know these ladies know each other very well, so I might have to, you know, put them in the naughty corner at some point during this conversation, (laughs) but we'll see how we go. So, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. How are you both this morning? Are you all good? Have you had your cuppa or two to get you pumped? 100%. Yes. More than one. I've had two. Two. Have you? What's your your go-to drink, Michaela? Uh, First in the morning, I have a filter. So Mm. uh, like a V60 or just a batch brew. Uh, But I still always have to do uh, like a flat white. That's just my go-to. I don't feel like my day's right if I haven't had a milk coffee. (laughs) <laughs> your day isn't right till you've had a flat white. That should be your, your mantra <laughs> <Yeah>. in life. <laughs> What's your coffee of choice, Fleur? Uh, I'm, I do it around the other way, Mickey. I have my flat white in the morning and then I have my filter after. So mm-hmm. I totally agree mm. with that, yeah. I don't want to drink milk all day long. I like to drink yeah. black coffee most of the time after my uh, Odie boy in the morning. I was going to ask what milk. So you're an, you're an oat girl, are you, Fleur? 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Michaela? Uh, I'm an almond girl at the moment, um, oh. unless I'm judging and then I'm drinking dairy. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, it's the ADC almond milk. That's my favourite. Mm. Oh, what a plug. Yeah. What a plug. <laughs> you are so you can biased. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's, let's first of all find out about you. I've only introduced you with your title. So, Michaela, can you just talk to us uh, a little bit about the professional journey that, that you've been on and, and where you're at today? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think like everyone, I kind of started just with a casual job. Mm-hmm. I started at Hungry Jack's when I was like, I think, 15, 16 and worked there for about three years. Mm. Uh, I wasn't really academically minded. Uh, I prefer to just like manual labour more, mm. kind of what drives me. So I ended up doing a diploma in hospitality for a year after I left high school. And then I got an internship at the Hilton Hotel and then they offered me a job at the end of that. Mm. So I was there for about three years working in lots of different departments through the hotel. And then I ended up moving and working in a cafe in Fortitude Valley, which uh, was a really, really busy cafe and worked my way up from like a dishy to the till, Mm. then onto the coffee machine. And eventually I ran that business for about a 10-year period with a break in between. Towards the end of that, 
you know, I was getting a little bit bored. I was kind of wanting to do the next step and I really enjoyed training my staff and taking them on that hospo journey. So I ended up doing my Cert for in training to try and maybe become a TAFE teacher in hospitality. But a gentleman by the name of Barry Gibbons, who is the current <laughs> state manager for Grinders, actually, Grinders Coffee is a roastery, mm. he hit me up and said, come and be a BDM. Uh, and I just said, look, you know, I'm not really interested in repping. I mm. really want to get into training. And he just said, look, come and do this for a couple of years and then we'll create that position. And that's exactly what happened. So I was at Grinders for about eight years and six of those I was training. In that time, I got to work with Fleur. That's when we first worked <laughs> together. And then I had a really great manager at the time, national training manager, who introduced me to some local Brisbane girls who were running the competitions in Queensland. Mm. Uh, so I kind of bonded with those two. And then that's kind of where my journey started with the barista comps. And then, yeah, I've been doing that ever since 2013. During that time, I met Craig Dixon, who's this, one of the CEOs of Veneziano Coffee Roasters, who I work for now. Uh, and he essentially offered me a job to come across and I'd always wanted to work at Veneziano. Um, it's such an amazing company and it's the, you know, the, the greatest coffee and very mm. sought after business to work in. So I kind of jumped at that chance and I've been with them ever since. So yeah, for the last five and a half years. Fantastic. So, okay, two things I'd like to ask you from that. First of all is um, what was it about the, the training that, that you really kind of wanted to get into? Why, why that particular area? And then second of all, what it is about Veneziano that is so inspiring and that you want to be part of? As far as the training goes, I really enjoyed seeing people go on a journey, especially with young women, I think. Uh, myself included, I lacked a lot of self-confidence mm -hmm. and not really realising that women can actually do do whatever they want, can do mm -hmm. anything, you know, we yeah. are smart enough, we are strong enough. So I really enjoyed training women, seeing, giving them a little bit of confidence and saying, look, if I can do it mm -hmm. and I can grow and I can do all these things, you can do it too. Mm. You know, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not academically minded, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I work hard and... Yep. You know, I've been able to achieve all of these things just with a little self-belief and having other people have a bit of self-belief in me. So it's mm. really rewarding to seeing people grow, seeing them grasp new concepts and new skills and then applying that and then seeing them move through their own career. Fantastic. And, and growing personally as well as professionally, right? Absolutely. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. yeah excellent. Well, I'm going to ask you some more about that um, shortly. Uh, but, oh, tell me about Veneziano, actually. I want to know about that. <laughs> so, well, Veneziano, we call it Venence. Everyone in the company okay. just says Venence. Uh, <laughs> actually, Fleur ended up working with us for a short short stint as well. So she just keeps following me around. I can't get rid of her. hundred <laughs> percent. Veneziano is probably the largest specialty coffee roaster in Australia. You know, we direct source most of our coffee. We have an amazing talent in our business. Mm. Uh, and all of the, you know, senior leadership team really like to foster talent within our business mm. and help support and grow the team. There's a big focus with us at the minute around sustainability. Uh, but it's just a really dynamic business. There's always something happening. It's always okay. moving and growing. And we are expanding as well, even internationally. So... There's a lot of room for growth for a lot of the employees that work within the business itself. Mm, sounds perfectly aligned, actually, to what you were saying before about wanting to help people grow. So I can completely yes. understand why you love that. 
Um, thank you. So, Fleur, let fill us in. Who are you? Oh, Tell mean, us about your journey. <laughs> it's not as exciting as that, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> look, I started in hospo probably around the same age as Michaela back in the 90s and oh, yes. just learned to make coffee on the fly, did a lot of cafe work, um, got a lot of training, started at Coffee Club, and that's when I started to get some proper training. Um, and then just floated around from cafe to cafe, managing restaurants, all that kind of stuff. Uh, did some event stuff. And then I was in Townsville out of all places <laughs> and there was a job coming up for a, uh, a repping job, uh, mm-hmm. like a BDM slash trainer. And one of the Coca-Cola guys was one of my customers and he was like, oh, you'd be so good at it. And I was like, oh, okay. But it said Monday to Friday. So Monday to Friday when you've been working in hospitality for like a gazillion mm-hmm. years and working yep. every public holiday, every New Year's Day. So I applied for it and Barry Gibbons once again <laughs> strikes again. He really liked me. I don't know why, but he just saw, he saw something in me and decided to g- give me the job. And then from then on, I kind of just repped uh, for different coffee companies, uh, Seven Miles. I was with them for ages, met some amazing people, and then on to Alternative. Just, it's like a big 10 years of just repping, meeting people, doing all that stuff. But in that time, I was lucky enough to meet Mickey at Grinders, and she was the trainer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she just really inspired me. We got along really well. And we just had a passion for coffee. And Mickey said, oh, can you come and help the barista comps? Um Back in, I think it was 2014, it was a year after you started, it was a bare bones. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come and help you. <laughs> oh, can you just manage the whole comp while uh, we go and judge? I've got some things to do. Great help. And, um, yeah, she just stuck me in there and I just kind of had to had to make it work. But it was a lot of fun. And after that, uh, she encouraged me to um, do some century judging and I met, mm. like, some really cool people along the way, like Ross Quayle, he was great, you know. So, yeah, and then that's it really. I guess just now an alternative and having the best time of my life. Ah, Excellent. That's definitely the right thing to say. (laughs) Um, So what's driven you, Fleur, um, throughout your journey? So, so Michaela, you spoke about, um, you know, self-belief and and confidence. (laughs) Fleur, what do you think's kept you going through all the, you know, we know that hospitality is a a challenging industry in all of its forms. So Mm. what's, what's kept you going? I I like people. Um, Mm. I like being around cool people and I like doing cool stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, there's not really much that drives me. Um, I'm, I'm pretty boring like that. I just enjoy, you know, helping people a lot. And we, I don't know, it's, Michaela, you're so inspiring. It makes me, mm-hmm. makes, I'm inspired by Michaela every day, to be honest. Oh, honey. <laughs> well, that's lovely. That's so nice. <laughs> but driving me, I love coffee and I think coffee mm. connects people all the time. I mean, when every time you think of someone's having a bad day or you want to catch up with someone, you, you know, you mm. say, oh, come on, let's go grab a coffee. And I think it's just, um, it's pretty universal. So it doesn't matter yeah. where you are. If you work in coffee, you get a job anyway, really. Yeah, nice. And meet lots of different people yeah. under one common common theme, right? 100%. Yeah. So tell me, I really want to, I want to hear from you ladies. I know you're both sensory judges. I'd like to hear a bit more about that because word on the street is it's quite intense and you have to, you know, do a lot of prep for it in terms of getting your palate and everything ready. Um, So tell me, tell me a little bit about that, the logistics, how you get ready for it and what it is that you enjoy 
about doing that. I'll come to you, Michaela, first. Uh, to prep, prep yourself, I think probably the biggest one is getting lots of sleep mm-hmm. and hydration, like leading up, closely leading up to the competitions. Mm-hmm. You know, probably a couple of weeks prior, I start reusing the score sheets and making sure that uh, I'm really fast at filling that out because that mm-hmm. that's kind of the piece that when you're on stage judging adds that extra amount of pressure. Mm. I also use a case called a Lene kit, which has got all these different coffee smells mm. just to try and fine tune and hone in on those smells. Uh, I recently just bought the wine version of that, which is probably, I think, better than the coffee Lene kit. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got a lot more different smells and flavours in there. Um, mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I do. I don't eat anything spicy, no onion, no garlic, mm-hmm. no chilli. Just try and eat as plain as possible. So, yeah, your palate's a little bit more awake than normal. Right. Awake and fine-tuned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what is it that you that you enjoy about being a judge? Oh, I don't know. There's so many things. I think initially mm. when I first started, I was a tech judge. So I was, I stare behind the barista and actually watch what they're doing on the machine. Mm. And as a trainer, I found that uh, really rewarding for my job. But also as a barista, it mm. really opened my eyes up to how baristas approach making coffee in such different ways. Mm. Uh, so I was really able to expand my knowledge in that way. You also get this insane adrenaline rush uh, prior to going on stage and then once you're on the stage. So that kind mm-hmm. of becomes a little bit addic- of addictive as well. Mm-hmm. And then also you're just learning so much from the barista, you know, as a coffee professional and a coffee lover. It's just amazing. You know, you get to sit there and listen to this presentation mm-hmm. uh, about their journey with this particular coffee that you're serving on that day. And then obviously the top, top thing is that you get to drink the best coffees on the planet mm-hmm. for that year. Uh, you know, some of these coffees are $7,000 for a couple of kilos My of gosh. green raw product. Wow. Like it's expensive and it's amazing. And you can't, it's so hard to explain to people the experience of what you're drinking because mm. often it doesn't taste like coffee. Yeah, it's right. It's just something completely, like it's just so complex, just wow. amazing. A whole different mm. experience. How about you, Flo? Do you do any anything different for your prep? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Lanake kit's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, eating really plain foods, a lot of fruit. I find they eat a lot of fruit, different types of fruit, overripe fruit, underripe fruit, things like that, because some of the tasting notes um, that they give you is just like you gotta you got to know what these things taste like. Your hydration is hugely important. Mm-hmm. What people don't realise is I think that this is all volunteer, right? We don't get paid mm. for this. So it is a really a labour of love mm-hmm. to put yourself out there. A lot of the times you have to pay for your own flights to these things, your own accommodation. You know, you have to really love it. But you're right, Mickey, far out. You get this like whoosh of adrenaline and you, my stomach mm. goes like butterflies, butterflies, butterflies. Um, and I don't know if that's the caffeine or whether it's just nerves, but <laughs> I get so nervous sitting up there. So I have to tell myself that I know what I'm doing. I'm meant mm. to be here <laughs> yes. because it's psychological yes. as well. Like, you know, um, these baristas have put so much time and energy into their performance. They've spent, you know, weeks, hours, months, maybe even years planning their presentation and mm. a lot of money and time and energy goes into it. So you've got to respect that and you have to, I think the judges, and I think we're 
in, I can only speak for Australia, but we have some high-caliber people here who are extraordinary, extraordinary mm. palettes and really good at judging. So everybody that gets on that stage to um, judge these baristas really wants them to do the best that they can, wouldn't you say, Mickey? Mm. Like everyone really wants to give the comp all they've got, including the sensory judges and tech judges. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. And I can just, I can just see the passion coming from both of you and the joy that it gives you is 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 lovely <laughs> thank you so I just want to pick up on Fleur you just said then you know basically positive self-talk is what you um are going through when you're doing things like mm, that and, mm. and Michaela I know you spoke about confidence and everything mm. I think this is an interesting thing for the listeners um particularly the ladies you know I, I've never been inside a man's head so I can't necessarily <laughs> Uh, completely understand what happens there but <laughs> but I know that that self-talk be it positive or negative is something that drives us or, or holds us back very much so so can you just share with us how you overcome any of the negative self-talk or and how you have in the past if there's been any particular situations that you've really had to kind of have a word <laughs> with yourself and push through uh every day um pretty well, much welcome to the world yeah <laughs> uh, I know I think for me personally I don't know about you Michaela but sometimes I just I just have to psych myself up I just have to say you've done this before you know what you're doing um or I just have to think that everyone else is stupid and I'm the most intelligent person in the world and um just push through <laughs> you know and I know that sounds really nasty but sometimes you just gotta say to yourself that yeah, you know, like, I mean, like, I'm 42, right? So I've pretty much done a lot of stuff and I'm still alive and I still, I've still got, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I don't know, I've got through so much stuff, right? Mm. But really, mm. what else can really happen? So if I can get through all the things that I've got through, why can't I just get through, especially sitting in front of those baristas, you know, things like that, <laughs> or going to work every day and, and the challenges that you face. I think you just have to say to yourself that you're, you're good at what you are. You're here already, mm. you know. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. And and how about you, Michaela? How does that show up for you? And, then, and, and how do you instill that in others with your training? Oh, I think the way that I do approach it for myself and how I approach it for others is maybe a little bit, more diff is a bit different mm -hmm. I'm probably a little bit more aggressive with myself than I am when I'm trying yeah. to encourage people um <laughs> I think in judging situations when I've been asked to step up into roles that I wasn't necessarily I didn't feel like I was ready for mm -hmm. I just said yes so mm. and then I just kind of uh, I don't know stormed my way there essentially mm -hmm. like I was be very nervous, like flare, I get butterflies in my stomach, running to the bathroom. Mm. But I, once I've committed, I would just push my way through, even no matter how uncomfortable I felt. Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's for everybody though, um, but for me, if I didn't do that, I would talk myself out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm not ready. I can't do it. And the whole time I'm doing it, I'm still feeling that, mm, mm. but I would just commit and, and see and see it through. And then like anything, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. absolutely. Yeah. And then I suppose you pair that with your passion for, for the industry and what you do, and that kind of helps to give you a little kick up the backside as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and regarding other people, I just try to use myself as, a, as an example and mm. just so they can understand that they're not the only one that feels that way. I absolutely share mm. how they understand how they're feeling and I felt that way myself and mm. you can do it 
And I know it sounds a little generic, but just breathe, like just Mm -hmm. take some deep breaths. If you're feeling really nervous and a bit out of control, sit down and connect your backside with a seat and think about that. That can often slow, like stop nerves and things like that. Just some really simple techniques to help. And and how about, so let's get a bit industry specific now. So how have you seen the industry change? And has that, has the way it's changed been able to attract more women? Is it kind of continuing to go in that way? Talk to me about, about that. <laughs> oh, look, I want to say that it's yeah, changed, it but hasn't. it hasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. I mean, I think from a barista career, barista uh, perspective, absolutely. Like, there's always been mm-hmm. women there, and I think that's you know pretty much an even split. As far as women moving into, you know, repping for coffee companies or training for coffee companies, being a roaster, you know, green bean buyers, like any of those other kind of jobs, mm-hmm. it's still very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also uh, with the competition side, it's also very male dominated. Part of that is because I think as women, we tend to only go apply for jobs once we feel 100% qualified mm. for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas men, the, the studies say that, you know, men can only be 60 to 70% qualified and they will just, they'll go for it. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think that women, we're just a little bit more cautious and we want to feel completely ready when we go for, for those kinds of jobs. Um, I would love to say that I've seen it change. Mm-hmm. I would love to say that I see men's perspectives of women change. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, mm. it, I don't think it has. Fleur, what do you think? I agree. I think that um, exactly that we we don't go for jobs like men do. We don't have we're not we're not built like we're not not built. But I think when you're a little boy, you kind of get told that you can do anything. I think mm. it is changing slightly, but I feel like men have a lot more confidence in themselves, whether it's mm. real confidence or not. <laughs> I think yeah. you know especially my generation, yeah. it was very different. Like it's really different now. Like you'll probably see a lot more change happening in the years to come. But I feel like when I was little, like, you know, we had, we were taught that women had a certain place. Um, it's not so much anymore, but it still hasn't changed. No, I think the coffee industry is incredibly male dominated. I think women don't compete as much as men. You see that every year, every year we're struggling to see girls on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I always encourage people to, to, you know, compete, but I just don't know if they feel the, have the confidence or whether they just feel intimidated. I don't know, Michaela, why do we have so little females competing? Mm. Why is that? And also in addition to that question, what do you think would need to, to happen to encourage more? We need to see more women competing so more women will compete. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. It's, it's like, like a, a, yeah. Well, what do you think, Mickey? I mean... We had a year there where we had like three or four girls in Queensland competing. I was like, wow. And then all of a sudden it was just Tilly. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it goes back again to that women will only, you know, put themselves out there if they feel 100% ready. Mm -hmm. And when I think, especially from my perspective, when I first started looking at the competition sector, you know, I you know, my perception of where their skills were of these baristas, mm. you know, I was like, oh, they're going to be amazing, da-da-da-da-da, but these guys are just getting on stage and giving it a go. Yeah. And, mm. um, and they may not have been ready. Um, it may have not have been a very succinct presentation, but they are just willing to give it a crack. But mm. I think women think 
you know, it's got to be polished, it's got to be perfect and I've got to win Mm. in order to jump in. As far as bringing more women through, I think what you said, Fleur, is true. Seeing more female competitors Mm. will draw more in. But I think also as an association like ASCA, Mm. just the coffee industry as a whole, we need to have some kind of program where we just focus on women and like a buddying system, an education system Mm. on getting them on stage. Yeah, Yeah. Mm. because when you look at the – oh, sorry, I was going to say, when you look at the judging sector and who's well qualified – there's only a few women on that list and it's very much a male-dominated thing as well. There's, it's mainly men getting, yeah. giving the comps a go as well. Mm. Mm. It, it sounds to me like a lot of uh, personal development would be helpful to help uh, get some more representation, like you were saying, Michaela, some programs and buddying systems. And actually that, that was going to be my next question is I know we're speaking about women are not jumping in, but Michaela, you said that's exactly what you've done. <laughs> So uh, what has allowed you to do that? Have you had um, a buddy or a mentor or anyone that's given you specific inspiration to be able to to do that, to jump in and figure it out as you go? Yeah, well, the first was Shay. It's funny, a lot of my mentors have been men, yeah. which, is, mm. which is interesting uh, considering what we're talking about. But Shay was my boss at the time. And I think he just saw something in me that I didn't see in myself or mm. I maybe saw in myself but wasn't confident enough to kind of talk about it. And he really pushed me to get into judging. Uh, and then once I was there, I kind of ran with it myself. Once I got to a national level, it kind of brought in a whole different group of people. So after Shay, it would have been Ross Quayle, Mel Kaya, so she mm. was my female, she is my female judging buddy other than Fleur. Um, Bryden awesome. Price, uh, Craig Dixon, who's my one of my bosses now, and Bruno. Mm. So that whole oh, yeah. group of key people, they really pushed me once I got to the national level. You know, they pushed me to head judge. They all pushed me to sit my world exams, you know, because I think that they could see that I had that lack of self-confidence, mm. but mm. they could see that I had the skills. Essential. So for yep. them, it was just like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make her do this because mm. otherwise she's not going to do it. And that, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And, and did them, any of them or, or anyone else um, throughout your journey, give you any kind of specific words of wisdom or piece of advice that's really stuck with you along the way? Not from any of the, those people, but from my best friend uh, mm-hmm. of 40 years, Ainsley. Her advice to me is because I'm always worrying about what other people are thinking and I think mm-hmm. that's what's stopping me from doing a lot of things. And she just mm. said, stop worrying about what other people are thinking. They're not thinking mm-hmm. about you. They're too busy worrying about themselves. Yeah. So just get out there <laughs> and just go for it. And um, and that really resonates with me and it does mm. help to calm my mind and I always think back mm. to that mm. quote, mm. yeah. Very, very wise words. How about you, Fleur? Who have you had as a mentor or inspiration or giving you a little Ugh, kick up the She's here right now, Michaela, <laughs> constantly harassing me, always. It's true. It's so <laughs> true. You know. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's <laughs> good. paying it forward. It's good. I wouldn't have done any of the stuff. Um, I wouldn't have been sensory judging. I wouldn't have done any of that without Michaela. I guess when you talk about, you know, Bruno and all them saying, you know, just sho- shoving you in there and going, oh, well, here you go, kid, off you go. Mm. Um, I think that you've done the same for me and I have many, many conversations with Bruno at the, like, you know, head judging and all that kind of stuff. I think that everyone's inspiring. But, yeah, Mickey, without you, I probably wouldn't have continued my journey on um, mm. 
any of the brisicoms. I only to drink the coffee, Fantastic. of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about words of wisdom, Fleur, from anyone throughout your journey and throughout your life? What sticks with you? I don't really, I don't know, don't really have anyone that said anything in particular to me, but I agree with Michaela. Like I, I sometimes don't have a lot of confidence, so words of wisdom are always don't worry about what other people think at all. Ainsley, your friend is correct. No one mm-hmm. really worries about anything but themselves, to be honest. Um, but mm. it's just, and I still have to worry about it now. It's like the inner voice of, mm. you know, you're going to let people down or, you know, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Yeah, definitely. Just do what you want at the end of the day. Push yourself because if you don't challenge yourself, then you are going to, I'm going to sit back when I'm a hundred years old and say, I wish I'd have done that. And that's a terrible thing to have to happen to yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you were to look back now, back to your younger self, what advice would you give her? Exactly that. Don't worry <laughs> about other people. Um, <laughs> believe in yourself. You're smart enough to have the skills. Just put in the work, you know, I mean, we, mm. we know we work hard, but put in the work and just stick on your path and don't worry about what anyone's saying. You've got a goal, mm. but, you know, uh, just keep moving forward. Yeah, lovely. How about you, Michaela? What would you say to, to young Michaela? It's probably a bit more of a general statement, but I'd probably say to myself that you don't need to conform to societal constructs. You know, you can live a happy and fulfilled life doing it you know, choosing whatever direction that you want to go in life. I think Mm. as women, I think we get very caught up in what we're told we should be from a young age. Mm -hmm. And I think that could derail a lot of dreams and passions in women. Um, Mm. I think I wasted a good 10, 15 years of mental capacity worrying about (laughs) Mm -hmm. marriage and children and things like that because I thought that's what I should do, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that would probably be my advice to myself is, yeah, don't get caught up in, yeah, the patriarchy. The shoulds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rock on. Um, and st- staying on the advice train, um, I think this will be a, a kind of a nice way for us to finish for the, for the listeners is what would you say to any women out there who are, either thinking of entering the industry or the competitions or any that are in there right now and are having this sort of similar journey that you've been on, what what advice would you give them? We'll start with you, Michaela. Just give it a go. Just you've got to get mm-hmm. one under your belt, whether it be yep. judging or competing. You've just got to get one under your belt because once you're there and you've done it once, you're going to know what you need to do for the second or third or fourth time in order for you to place, win, get to nationals, get to worlds, whatever that looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. If you want to do it, don't wait to be 100% prepared. Just give it a crack and you're going to learn so much on, on on that journey anyway. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. And how about you, Fleur? Definitely just get in and do it because exactly that. If you do it once, you'll learn from that and you'll just keep going. But if you don't start then, what, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. I think um, don't be afraid of failure either. We're so wrapped mm. up in disappointing other people. Mm-hmm. Think about how you're going to feel if you don't mm. try, you know. Is there a time that you've failed? I'm doing the quotation marks for everyone who's just listening, but actually that's turned into a, a great opportunity. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Yeah, Do you, uh, 
Maybe not opportunity, but definitely learnt a lot. <laughs> Learning, <know>? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> learnt what to not do again. A hundred percent. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all also from that you also you know, can pass that that learnt experience onto other people so that hopefully mm. they don't make the same mistake that you do. Mm. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I think what I'm taking away from this conversation, which has been fantastic, thank you, ladies, is is it's really about having the just the tiny bit of courage to first of all just step forward, jump in, do something, making sure that you can have some some positive self-talk to override the, you know, the ones that are telling you you can't do it, but then also being surrounded by people that are prepared to to give you advice, to support you, and then to push you along the way. And then through that anything is possible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, ladies, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you today. But unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. But don't worry, everyone out there. We've got you covered with our weekly drops of the International Women's Day podcast throughout the month of March. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and join us for some more inspiring conversations with incredible women in the industry. Thank you again to The Alternative Dairy Co. for making this happen. The Alternative has partnered with hospitality relief charity Tipjar to provide hospitality training courses to the underprivileged. So if you're feeling generous and wish to donate to a good cause, head to tipjarfund.org. And of course, if you're looking for even more fun, then be sure to follow The Alternative Dairy Co. on Instagram. On the next episode of The Local Way... I'll be chatting with Rachel, the senior business leader at The Alternative, and Brody, the content and project manager at Proud Mary's, about their love for alternative milk and their experiences in the coffee industry. We'll chat about the power of the industry to connect people, the importance of fun, authenticity and support, and the potential for coffee businesses to have a positive impact on the environment. See you next time.